You may have played poker, but playing poker in Texas is a different animal. This is the Texas Poker Podcast with Tyler and Clint. Hello, this is the Texas Poker Podcast. I'm Tyler. This is Clint. What's up, y'all? And we are back with episode 73. Episode 73. So, kind of when we left off, I had just gotten to the win right in the Vegas trip. Yes, you're coming off of a losing session, I believe. Uh, Probably. Yeah, I think so. Uh, yeah. Oh, God. You are not shitting yourself. Okay, yeah. I lost 700 to Aria. Uh, I go to win. Uh, and, let's say, end up 1-3. And then get called to 2-5. End up going over there. And it's kind of the normal win 2-5 game. Or any, like, let's just say any Vegas 2-5 game. Where... It's not a great game. The vast like there's like two players that aren't that great, and everybody else has a pretty reasonable idea of what's going on. Uh, I mean, they weren't great, great players. I would say the, the Aria two five was more difficult, but it was it was a tougher table to be to be certain. Uh, I do like that the two five is so much deeper stack because one three you can buy in for three hundred. I guess so they can keep it. Like the recreational players, and two five is like I think fifteen hundred max. Such a big difference, but I guess yeah. it works. Yeah, so I mean, you can buy in one. You can only buy in a hundred times the big blind. I think the other one you can buy in three hundred times. So I mean, you go from all these one three where the average stack's like freaking like two hundred dollars, and then you go to two five where the average stack is. I mean, and most of those two five are grinders who've been there for a while. So it's actually the average stack probably is like. Thirteen, fourteen hundred at least. <laughs> yeah, I could definitely see that. And what are you buying for in these type of games? Uh, I like don't. I think I only bought in for five hundred. I mean, like it's a hundred times a big blind. I'm used to playing that that size. I mean, I don't really feel the need to just you know go crazy because somebody else is. Uh, I mean, because either I'm gonna win and I'll have a deeper stack in a minute, or I'm gonna lose and be super happy that I'm only got five hundred in front of me. Uh, so we're going to go, I go in there and let's see what hands I kind of get involved in. Player raises to 15, four players call. I call with seven, eight off in the big blind. So pretty speculative call here. Uh, seven, eight, but I mean, I'm in the big blind. Well, I'm just gonna. I figure I'll just see what happens. I'm, I think I just bought in, so everyone's fairly deep stacked. The flop is a seven eight. Preflop raiser bets fifty. I'm the only one who calls. You ever think about raising? Uh, yeah, I did. But it was one of those that if he has an ace, I definitely want to keep him in there. If he doesn't have an ace and I I raise, he's going on... I mean, he's really drawing thin anyways. And if he does have an ace, I don't want to set alarm bells off just yet. Did you say if there was a flush draw or not? I don't remember. I don't think there was a flush draw in this hand. Yeah, I think if there's no flush draw, I do like the call. It's a... Yeah. But I'm 100% raising the turn. Uh, I'm pretty certain I did. Uh, well, 
I don't know what the hell happened. I must have, oh, I was in, I was out of position. Turn goes check, check. Okay. Uh, the rivers are two. I bet a hundred. He calls. I'm good. He, he says ice king, which I mean, seems pretty standard on this line. I mean, nothing, nothing out of the uh, norm. So how much did he raise preflop again? He only raised it to 15. Man, that is rough at the 2-5. Well, I mean, at 2-5, though, the race... I mean, I think they're usually at least 20, but they are, like, lesser raise sizes. But, yeah, if he raises to 20, I think I just fold here. Oh, easily. Because, yeah, I, I was wondering how I called here, but it's 2-5. I mean, it's only $10 more. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I was thinking 15 and 1-3. But, yeah, that, that's that's how I ended up making this call. Not even that bad, not that bad of a call. Uh, but yeah, he raises 20. I'm gone. Uh, super results oriented in that thinking. <laughs> but I mean, I'll tell you what, the more I've studied, like, especially like these GTO type players, I don't subscribe playing this way. Uh, but I'm on like some of the discord channels, like uh crush live poker, red chip poker. And I mean, I tell you what, they hate our large raise sizes all the time. Uh, why do they hate it? What, what do you mean? Pre-flop, not so much, but, like, on the flop, like, everything that's a bet is just such a small bet. It's, like, everything is, like, a third. I mean, a half-pot bet seems to be huge in, in, like, these forums. I mean, my theory is, like, maybe that's a good GTO way to go about it, but if someone's going to call if someone's gonna call the same exact with a 60% pot bet as they will a 25% pot bet, I mean, it seems like you want to go for max value. It's what it seems like, but, I mean, I do not think the GTO strategy was designed for the 1-3 game or 2-5 drunk guy. That's true, yeah. I mean, I think you probably have to put more emphasis on that if you're in, like, 5-10, 10-20, where everybody, I mean, everybody studies, so, I mean, it's far harder to exploit. But when you're in, like, the lower limit games... I mean, you bet big. I mean, if they have top pair, they're going to call. If they have a draw, they're still going to call. I mean, and I don't really understand the small bet size. If there's a draw, I mean, it seems like you're just giving them great odds. I mean, it's almost like they can't play the hand wrong at that point. And so, uh, teach, yeah, I mean, it's teach their own. We're, every, everybody's always should always be learning at a at right. Uh, anyway, the next, uh, <laughs> the next hand we'll go to. Uh, Jack 10 suited. The straddles to 10 with one collar. I make it 50. Uh, get two collars. Flop 10, 9, 5 with two spades. I make it 100. Everyone folds. I don't know why I included this hand of the podcast. I'm going to say, I like that. (laughs) (laughs) Very hard to say I did anything wrong. Maybe I'm like just fighting, fighting hands where I'm like, hit top pair. I bet everyone folds. I mean, you know what? Hard to criticize my play on that one. <laughs> uh, this was a more interesting hand on this win on this win session. Uh, pocket aces. Player bets twenty. One caller. I make it ninety with pocket aces. The preflop razor folds. The other player calls. Flop is three four five. Like. I think me and you were going to defer, because I think you think this is a bad flop for my hand, and I think this is a great flop for my hand. Um, after he calls the 90, um, 
I mean, I would say it's a good flop for your hand, but I would not say, I think when we talked about it, didn't I say like, you don't have the, the sets, two pairs or uh, straights, but I mean, as far as flop, I think it's okay. Okay. I mean, cause I mean, my thinking is like, this is different than like a seven, eight, nine flop to me. For sure. Yeah. It's like, I mean, you're like, once I make it 90, you know, there's not that much. I don't think a think a lot of the small pairs might actually fold, and then like four or five definitely isn't there and stuff like that, which I think a lot of people like would look at this and be like, this is like seven eight nine eight nine ten or something like that, which is very, to me, a very different flop. Like this is because now this person's more weighted to over pairs for this flop, which I think is great. I mean, I'm not even that worried. What did you say the flop was? It was three four five. I'm not even worried if a six comes. I mean, yeah, he should not have a lot of sevens here. Yeah, it's uh, so it's a uh, like I said, we we are kind of on the same page on this. I just I feel like this flop is really good for pocket aces. He checks. I bet one hundred. I especially like the this flop for you in a three bet pot. Oh, a hundred percent. If this is just a raised pot, all of this goes away. Yeah, that's that's the big clarification here. That's. That might have been why, whenever we talked about it, um, a different hand that I would say like this type of flop in a three bet flop is great for you, but in a raised pot might not be the best. Oh, a hundred percent. If this is just a raised and not three bet, then he has now he has ace deuce. He does have four five. I mean, does have six seven. I mean, yeah, a hundred. I a hundred percent agree with that. Uh, I bet one hundred. He calls. The turn is an eight. Uh, which is. Pretty much a blank. The only thing that hits is pocket eights. So, I mean, because six seven's already a straight, so definitely not scared of that. He checks, I bet 200, he calls. I mean, I, I'm feeling pretty good. I mean, the pot's starting to get kind of big, but I'm still thinking he's more weighted to over pairs. Uh, the river's a five, he checks. I go all in for 180, he calls. At this point, when he calls, I'm a little nervous. I think you're good all day. Yeah, I was. Yeah, okay. I was. You know, so that was a uh, a pretty a pretty decent hand. I thought I I kind of like the way I played that one because I I think some people might get a little too timid with aces on there, and I think that was a a really good flop. That seemed a lot like jacks or queens. Uh, yeah, I agreed, one hundred percent. I mean, definitely some sort of overpair. I, I think it has to be. Uh, so this session is going swimmingly well. This is the one where you were texting me like you're making the move out of the small blind, everything, making yeah. some hero calls. I mean, I was like, man, you're on fire. Oh yeah, it was a. Uh, I mean, I was just killing it this session. Uh, I've run into this problem several times. And I get, like, I buy in for 100 big blinds. That's 100, like 100 to maybe 150, which is about, like, where I feel comfortable having the money in front of me. But once I go double, triple up and get down, like, I think I'm sitting at, like, around 2,000, I, some of these players that are constantly deep stacked, I feel like I have a pretty big edge on me. I mean, they're just used to the playing at this. I have a funny story for you about that same type of mentality. 
Uh-huh. Do you remember that? Because um, like back when I was playing in Vegas, I was playing a lot of super deep stack. I had at the Bellagio, I was playing until like six or seven in the morning, maybe even like eight. Okay. But I'd run my stack up to like six and a half thousand. Mm-hmm. And some like drunk guy partying from the night before who obviously had all the money, not just a little bit of, not just some money, all the money. Wow. Just kept going all in, all in blind, didn't just kept rebuying in. How much was he going all in for? Um, Like two and a half K. God. I mean, damn. that's what I'm saying. All the money, he just kept rebuying, just kept shoving it. I guess he's going to buy it for 1500 but he just kept rebuying and shoving it, right? And then he stacked like two people in a big pot. Then he actually covered me at one point, right? I was like, I got to go. <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> I mean, this is not going to be the story of me losing a $13,000 pot with aces to like seven, eight unsuited whenever he didn't look. Well, not even just aces. Like how, like, uh, how many people were at the table? Uh, four or five of us. So, I mean, like, if he's doing this almost, was he doing it literally every hand or just, or just like a good portion of hands? I would say, um, maybe eight of 10. Like, I mean, he would just basically would just play a hand and then just be like, I'm all in just whatever. So, I mean, you should probably be making this call with like any ace, right? I mean, if he's doing this with the vast majority of hands. I mean, any pocket pair over fives or sixes. Oh, I mean, I know what you should be doing, but whenever it's a $2,000. I'm not saying I'm doing it. I'm just saying from that mentality, like, if you're not going to be doing it, you probably need to get up, right? Yeah, well, and I was noticing he was starting to get to the point where he was covering me because he had stacked a few people there, and I was like, I I mean, I got to go. Yeah, 100%. (laughs) I mean, and this is one of those things, like, it's so difficult because as a poker player, this is supposed to be what you're waiting for. But there's also a certain point where bankroll management, if you've built it up to a point where, you know, you don't really feel comfortable losing it and it's a big portion of your bankroll because you've had a monster session. I mean, I mean, it's basically saying, you know, we're going to flip a coin six out of four, like, you know, and that person might be 40% to take it all. But that 40% hurts you way more than that 60% hurts that other person. Well, and here's the other thing, right? Is I was in for three bullets. Oh, So it wouldn't just be losing the 6K. It would also be swinging down three bullets, right? Uh So I was in for three buy-ins, yeah. So were were you up? Did you buy in for 1,000? Yeah. So Okay, so you were up 3,000. Three and a half, yeah. Yeah, good call. I mean, because that could have been a just god-awful story there. And like I say, as a poker player, you're kind of looking for these spots, but not out, not within, not outside of your bankroll to a huge degree, though. <laughs> yeah, and that would have been it. <laughs> it's, uh, but yeah, I, this has constantly been a struggle, I think, through uh, playing poker is... It's one thing when I'm super deep stacked, I've been having a monster run, and, like, nobody's kind of close to me. It's another thing when, like, I'm bought in for way less than everybody. I've run my stack up, and now everybody still covers me. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I... This is going to be one of the more weirdly played hands I've ever played. (laughs) It could, I mean, we, there's no clarification. It could be really good or really bad. 
Uh, I mean, I will say the amount of money definitely comes into play. Uh, player, a player bets. I mean, two. I want to say he probably bets twenty to twenty-five. I it comes around to me. I pocket kings. She mm-hmm. so raised to probably like one hundred, one twenty-five. Yeah, I want to say there's probably like a call or two in there. So, so 150? Yeah. yeah, it's probably about 115. Actually, I think that's exactly what it was. The guy to my left who's been kind of loose. You made it 115? I think about. I mean, you had, when you add his 20 to 25 and then maybe one or two callers, I think it's probably pretty close to that. Okay, I think I would have sized up a little bit, but all right, continue. Okay. Okay, uh, the uh, <laughs> I was not expecting that comment. Uh, the uh, so the 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 field there's a field caller who calls who just cold calls my one fifteen. That's concerning. That is super <laughs> concerning and throws this completely off the goddamn rails. Uh, comes back around to the preflop razor, who then makes it three hundred and forty. Comes back around me. So we're all in. <laughs> right? I'm well, how much do you have? Probably like eighteen hundred deep. Okay, so you put in a thousand here and commit yourself. Maybe that's what I should be doing. That's what I would be doing because you got that guy behind you, which incentivizes you to raise a lot. Yeah, a hundred percent. Uh, and. There's a lot of reasons why I should play this differently. One, as I had been three betting fairly regularly at, on here. You said you have or have not? I had. Okay. Uh, the guy, like you say, calling on there. But all I'm seeing is this monster session, this Vegas session, this Vegas trip going to shit when I run my $2,000 stack into somebody else's $2,000 stack and show aces to kings. Because guess what? When I see 2000 and when I see it go all in pre flop for that amount, guess what I see every goddamn time? <laughs> Aces and kings. Uh, I make the call. Okay. So obviously the guy behind calls. The guy behind. Uh, I do not think this is obvious at all. I, I mean, this is now a four bet pot. He does call. Good call on this one. <laughs> well, but yeah, now he has to call because now you gave him the odds to call. I guess, yeah, for sure. Continue. Okay, whatever. <laughs> uh, well, uh, so the flop is kind of coordinated, but doesn't. It's like seven eight jack. So I'm really worried about the guy who flatted behind you. Not really the pre flop raiser as much here. Well, that's coming. Don't worry about it. That guy oh, okay. checks <laughs> the pre flop raiser. Then makes it. I think. Three hundred. Okay, I'm calling. Okay, I make the call. Okay. I mean, I feel like this. I feel like this part is obvious. Once I get here with this hand, I'm never folding to this bet, and I'm never, I'm never raising. By yeah, it'd be an overplay. Uh, the other guy, the other guy folds. Okay, who cold calls? Oh, the river. I mean, not the turn. Was something like a nine. I don't know if it made a four-card trade. I know it was fairly connected. It might have been like a six. It's a, it was something somewhat connecting, but not super, super scary either. 
uh, I it was not a queen because I would have made this way easier to play. He, I check. He goes all in. Uh, probably. It was probably a little less than pot. God. Yeah, that's exactly what I thought. <laughs> You made uh, this hand so hard for yourself. A hundred percent. I mean, one hundred percent I did. I mean, this is definitely on me. Because, like, he would play queens the same way here because you never given him a reason not to think that you have aces or kings because you didn't four bet. A hundred percent. I mean, one hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, I put myself in the worst of predicaments. All I can know is that I bought in for 500. I had 2,000 in front of me, and it's... It's about to be gone. Uh, I don't know. I mean, this is one of those that I did not. I did not think he would play Ace King this way, and I have Ace King blocked. Yeah. Uh, so that leaves Jacks, which would be a bummer. Jacks, which would be a bummer. Aces and Queens. Uh, we don't know if he'd four bet Jack. So basically, Aces and Queens. And I don't know, with this connected board, I mean, I don't know for a fact he does this with queens. If he doesn't think I have aces Didn't or queens kings, have a gutter? Huh? Didn't queens also have a gutter? I think so. Right, so then they'd have four, six outs if you had aces? Yeah. Or kings, yeah. I make the fold. I mean, it's one of those that I'm not sure it was the right poker play. I'm not sure at any hand, point in this hand it was the right poker play. But... I mean, it's easy to say, like, hey, if these are fake chips in a vacuum, what the right play is. Problem being is they're not fake chips in a vacuum. The money definitely came into play more than it probably should have. <laughs> I think I pay this off for less than pot and just curse my luck or you, my, my, my play how I got there. There's a huge argument for doing that. I mean, it definitely was... Well, that's what I was going to ask you. Do you think that the right play is to call or... Do you think that's not even the right play? Because I was just thinking, I just end up just calling here and just, I mean, I don't know whether just being my play caused me to get stacked here because I didn't four bet and that's just the fate. My fate was sealed anyway. Or, I mean, if he has aces, I mean, you're a genius. Obviously, we don't know because we didn't show, right? But Yeah. Because, uh, like, for less than pot, I don't know if you should be folding. But it's a lot of money, too. But that shouldn't matter, right? Like, we were I mean, thinking... Yeah, we're thinking in a vacuum, actual, it shouldn't. I mean... Like, I understand how it comes into play, especially whenever you go from playing 1-3 here to moving up in stakes. It definitely matters. Or you definitely can be affected. Um, I think I pay this off and just am sad a lot of the time. I mean, I think... So, we're going to talk about what, could, what we could have done to mitigate this, but... Probably, I mean, it's, I mean, so if we're thinking queens and aces play this way, and those are the two most likely to four bet, then basically I have a 50-50 chance to win, and I'm getting better than 50-50 to, to call. Yeah. So probably should be a call here. Uh. So, I mean, we went back and forth. I was just, I mean, it was just one of those, like, in this four bet, the range is so limited. Even in a 2-5 game where three betting is heavy, four betting is... <laughs> Pretty scarce. Yeah. 
is I mean it, the ranges start to come go down a whole lot. Uh, but I was I mean a big thing was I was like well if I end up re-raising his three hundred for like a thousand well then I'm I mean pr- we're pretty much just pot stuck here. Yeah, I mean which is just I mean. But I think later we said that if I just I can raise small to like eight hundred. Yeah. I mean, once you get to this amount, you really don't need the three times and all that. Well, what anymore. do you think even about like seven? Huh? You said it was three hundred he raised it to? Yeah. Like what about seven and a half? Oh, I guess fifty bucks either way doesn't matter. But... I mean if I if I like eight hundred, I definitely can't say that seven fifty horrible. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the uh so I mean, in, once I make it eight hundred, if he has aces, he's going all in. Yes. Uh. I guess if I mean, and I think if he goes all in, like after I five bet, I think you can just fold kings. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I just don't. I mean, I don't think a lot of people would do that with ace king there, and I don't think a lot of people would do that with queens there. So I mean, you're just so. I mean, if I mean, he might have just kings as well. Shit, that's another thing. Is that would, I mean, it's unlikely because I'm blocking them, but it's not impossible. I mean, yeah, I see unlikely things happen all the time. Yeah, I mean, so like, like yesterday, but <laughs> one of my <laughs> sessions. But it's uh, so that was one of the more interesting hands, and I ended up leaving the session up six hundred something, which is kind of a a bummer when I was up that much. It's like a bittersweet type thing. So I mean, and I'll never know if you know. I played it cautiously and, you know, saved myself getting stacked there uh, and saved a win. Or if I played it like a bitch and I would have had the best session of my life. So it's very, it's going to be very close and it's going to be something I'll just wonder about forever. Yeah. I'll lean toward the second. (laughs) (laughs) That's not shocking. (laughs) Uh so I end up going to I mean, talk about a tough night, man. After that first session, losing seven hundred, then coming into this session, getting put in those horrible spots. Oh yeah, I mean it was a rough day. <laughs> I was definitely that seems like the most emotionally draining, like eight hours probably. I would say that was probably the most tilted I've ever been after a win. Yeah, I mean, so <laughs> I, mean, I don't think I've ever. I don't think I've ever. Like made a phone call to you coming off of a win and been that tilted. It's uh, but yeah, it was a uh, the next session ends up at Venetian. I didn't. I quit playing there because they have this jackpot rate, but they were doing a high hand promotion, in which you got three hundred dollars every half hour if you had the high hand. Problem being was there's like twenty tables. So, literally, your chances of... I mean, they're just taking $2 away, and your chances of getting this high hand are almost nil. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I mean, I just... I have not liked any sessions at Venetia. Like, any of these places that are just raking for these jackpots, that for the most part, just feel go to the regulars and take money from the tourists and go to the regulars. I am not loving those places. So, I wasn't thrilled. I think I was down 226 on the session. Very, uh, it was very, not a lot of interesting hands, a lot of missed, no, I mean, nothing really big, it was a lot of misses and stuff like that, but just, 
I'm very annoyed in Vegas that some of these really nice rooms kind of kill it for... Like, a Venetian just quit doing the jackpot rake and just, you know, did it like Wynn, Ari, and Bellagio. It'd be one of the best rooms in Vegas. Here's a question for you. I think I've heard about some of the higher state games that you can forego the jackpot rake and there's just no jackpot at that table. Does that sound right? Uh, I do know at one casino I did see it posted, but when I asked about it, out the dealer about it, they didn't... They were like, you want that jackpot. You're yeah, going to hit it. They didn't put it as an option, and I got the... I think, like, at the higher stakes, it'd be easier because players are just more knowledgeable. So they're more likely to just want that jackpot rate just into their right in their stack. Uh, at the lower stakes... I mean, just people are bad at math, man. So they don't like they're gonna be like, well, what if I, what if I lose with aces and I don't get my fifty dollars? <laughs> so I mean, uh, it's I think at the higher stakes, I think it's great. I think at the lower stakes, it's gonna be you're gonna have a hard time getting the entire table to agree to it. Yeah, I agree. It's uh, so we're gonna close out with another. I guess. Well, this have you. Have you been playing poker? How uh, do you have uh, anything to cover this? Oh yeah, I got all sorts of stuff to cover. Okay, then we'll uh, go into this Caesar session. Uh, say nothing good. I have nothing good to cover. <laughs> me, and, I mean, man, me and you, we are just a train going off the tracks right now. Uh, so I go to Caesars. I hadn't been there in a while, and uh. I, like I say, I like to stay at the Caesars Hotels. I want them to keep comping me, and I don't play almost anything other than poker, so better go play some poker there. Uh, go to the 2-5 at Caesars. Flop top two versus a set at the beginning, but luckily he had like 50 bucks in front of him, or else it would have just been, you know, talk about me just getting up and walking off. Uh, Very weird to have 50 bucks in front of you at the 2-5 game, but... I mean, things were weird, not going but good. Super happy about it. <laughs> you want to talk about someone who's not bitching about it? It's this dude. Uh, What's the minimum buy-in, guys? Oh, you know what? I'm sorry. Oh wait, yeah, I think I started out at the one three, and it happened at the one three, and like I got uh, moved into like two five, like in the next ten minutes. I think I remember you telling me that actually. Yeah, that's what it was. Cause I'm like sitting here. I'm like, how was I? I was not in for three hundred. Uh. <laughs> So, it's a 2-5 game. I've been really experimenting with my preflop ranges, looking at like some GTO-type stuff. At times, I think it's genius. At times, I think it's getting me in horrid, weird spots. <laughs> so, take it take it for what it's worth. But and the I have ace-10 of diamonds in the big blind. Player raises to 20, another player calls. I've gotten to where I like making these squeeze plays with suited Broadway cards. I find that they're pretty easy to play after the flop. And, you know, it just kind of puts everybody in a bad spot. I make it 85 to go. You said you really liked this one when I was going over it. Yeah. So, the preflop raiser folds, the field caller calls, kind of adding a weird element to this. The flop comes... Ace, queen, ten. And I have ace, ten of diamonds. I make it 115. She snap goes all in for 340. Yeah, I just snap call. It's fine. I kind of I kind of hem and haul for like 10 seconds. Because I'm like, God, 
does she have a, a straight? And then I finally, you know, I'm never folding here. And I mean, I'm like, well, if you got a straight, you just got a straight. I call. I'm good. And she mucks. Is that what people are tanking about in these situations? Just wondering if that other person had a straight. I mean, it was like 10 <laughs> seconds. I just wanted to slow it down. I mean, I, I have no way of knowing. <laughs> But do you look like someone who has a straight? I always wonder what people are tanking about for so long. Uh, mine was not a long tank, but yeah, I, I guess they are. I, I guess that's what's going on. I tell you what, like they say Vegas, like that was one thing I was so impressed by is everybody actually played pretty fast. In Houston, where we play in its time games, it is shocking how much everybody like tanks and acts like they are like. They're in the WSOP, it's the final table, and they are eating the camera time. I mean, they're, just everybody, they don't have it, they fold. It's, uh, it was very nice. Uh, so that was a, a pretty big pot. I ended up uh, taking that down. Uh, I have ace-king in the small blind. Player raises to 15 and a call. Button three bets to 40. I four bet to 150. Okay, wait, say it one more time. Uh, player raises to 15, one call, button three bets to 40, I four bet to 150. Okay, i probably make it 200, but all right. Okay, it's, uh, uh, do you, do you put the four bet in there? 100%. Okay. I thought Ace-King, I think, should be four betting that most of the time, and the fact that the Three better was on the button. I thought it was just a slam dunk at that point. Mm-hmm. It's a colorful, uh, colorful three three better calls. Uh, flop comes king nine seven. I make it one forty. He calls. So same bet. I think so. One no, it's actually a little bit less. I think it was kind of. There's not much here. It was king nine. What? King King nine seven rainbow, I believe it's so. got to be. Yeah, I, I don't mind this bet. I like this. I mean, it's one of those that I feel like you're either so far ahead or so far behind. Kind of my thinking. I mean, it, I guess you could say if I have a king, if he has a king, he's calling more, and so you can make a bet. But also, like I mean, he this could be I could get suspicious with jacks here or something. Yeah, I mean, I still like my thing. I mean, you're either so far ahead or so far behind. Yeah, I mean, uh, the turn is five. I go all in. He calls. Rivers a brick. He showed queen jack of clubs and turned a flush draw. Hmm. Well, it worked out great how you played it. Yeah, I mean that flop bet being small. I actually really ended up. I mean, I guess we're saying it ended up being great. He didn't hit a ten. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but. I mean, definitely kept him in there when I think a larger bet definitely just loses all value. Uh, of course, he I dodged the world on that river, so it was good play. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the I ended up like so I ended up killing the session as well, and then running into a a speed bump that came off of a cliff. Uh, so, I raise king-queen suited. There's a caller. A player then three bets. I want to say I made it 20, 25. He makes it like 
115-120. This is one of those where I think I probably fold, not looking at these GTO stuff, but all these, like, the more I study, the more people are like, well, you should be calling these suited hands, say, these suited could, broadways <laughs> to three bets. You could flop a royal. Yeah, I mean, you could flop a royal. <laughs> so, I call... And this is another, the other guy calls as well. These field callers in these three-pit pots, because they don't have strong hands, but it just inflates the pot so much. Uh, so it ends up being around 400 or so, as far as the pot goes. I flop a king, pretty dry outside of that. Checks around to the three-better, he goes all in. Uh, he goes all in for like four. 500 into like 400 what do you do here because i sure as hell didn't know i mean once you it seems like once you get here your options are pretty limited i mean i guess you did spoil it but i just imagine he's either gonna have aces or ace king here all day every day his three bet was pretty big too did I spoil it? Because I think pretty much everybody knows the way this hand goes, except for the guy sitting at the table, which is me. It <laughs> seems like everybody can figure it out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like, yeah, so I'm sure you called. I'm sure you showed Ace King. Uh, I called. I think there was one heart on there. I don't know if that matters. <laughs> Say relevance, I mean... relevance. Oh, you had, you had King, Queen of Heart. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I was like. Uh, he show, he obviously shows aces, yeah. and I mean, I lose a pretty big pot. You want to talk about spin off the fucking rails, man. <laughs> if there's ever a time I should have got the hell up, because it was one that was up a gigantic amount, and then I had already whittled down, and then at that point, it was just a horde. I think I was, I was definitely down after that pot. I mean... And when you gave me the this hand, it just it threw me off so much because you're always the one talking about not calling with these type of hands in three bet pots because you're so often dominated. But I was so shocked to hear you make this call. A hundred percent. And then I read stuff by people who are supposedly better than me. I follow their advice, and guess what? It does not work out. My theory was one hundred percent on point. <laughs> yeah, you tell me the theory that is only like two sentences. People don't want to buy that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Too short. <laughs> yeah. Fold when it's a three bet and you have a marginal hand. I mean, cool. Cause, yeah, I don't know, man. It's a, uh, uh, I will say, it's probably a mistake I won't be doing again. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> At least till next session. <laughs> yeah. Until, until uh, we go play in a couple hours and you'll, you're you going to see me king, queen suited all, all in here. It's a... Uh, but that was so that kind of is where that Vegas trip. I think at this point I'm probably close to even. So it's a, uh, I think, eh, I think actually the win got me about even, and that put me down is where that happened. <laughs> so that was a. Uh, but I thought you played one more day. That was it. Oh, no, I played several more, but I, I figured, well, let's go into your session because that's going to be make for a long podcast if we cover my entire trip at this point. <laughs> yeah. Um, I had a session at Paramount that I was playing the round of each. Things started off going very poorly. 
I won a gigantic all-in with uh, three ways. I don't. I think I had a straight draw, a flush draw, a pair, maybe something like that. But the moral of the story is, I ended up playing with, hey, king queen suited. <laughs> I hope it's a better story than mine. It's for less money, at least. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so we're playing one two. Someone, uh, I'm in the small blind. Uh, someone opened like ten, and like call call. I made it like forty because we're playing pretty shorthanded. Okay. It like gets this. it goes heads up. One guy calls the button calls. Um, the flop comes ace high. I was like, well, that's not great, but I feel like I can see bet this enough to take it down if he doesn't have an ace. I like that. And I yeah. have all the good aces. I think this is a really good like bet, and then the minute you get resistance, you're done, right? Yes. Um, I bet, I believe it was like 65, 70. Okay. He hums and haws, tanks, and... Um, he calls. I'm like, well, okay. Oh, it was Ace Deuce Five, Rainbow. Okay. And I was like, well, I mean, not worried about three four here. So yeah. I was like, whatever. Um, but then once he called, I was like, well, that's not great. The turn is a queen. What do you do here on this queen? I like a check. Uh. Okay, so when he hems and hauls here, if he's got an ace, I don't want to bet this queen because I don't really. Okay, I don't really because if you bet here and you think he's got an ace, you're turning this queen into a bluff, which I think you are ahead of some of his calling range. Because especially like ace deuce five could be pocket eights, could be pocket sevens, could be pocket tens, and I mean he just thinks you have an ace every time. You're now beating all of that, so you have showdown value. Uh, and if he has an ace, I don't think he's necessarily folding. I like the check on the queen. I check, he snap checks it behind. Okay. The river is like an offsuit eight. And I'm like, man, I feel like he just has ace weak kicker here, and I can get him off of it. Okay. That's what I was thinking in the moment. Because I was like, I don't think my queen is good here. I need to turn this into a bluff. Take this down. Okay. If you're going to go this route, which I know you didn't really like it, but if you are, what bet size think you're going to go here? Oh, I mean, if you are going to go this route, and that's what you're trying to get them off of, it has to be big. Okay. What do you consider big into this? I would say, like, pot. Um, How much was pot? Um, What Uh, was it? It was, like... Oh, it was like two hundred bucks, right? Because it yeah. was, yeah. I bet two seventy five. So okay. over pot. Okay. Um, he tanks forever, and he calls with a six offsuit, and I'm just completely confused, and just kind of am done and get up and leave. <laughs> oh no yeah. I ended up getting it in with like a draw but uh, yeah that was basically the moral of the story though 
Oh, this is an interesting case. I will say that I think there's several things you did that I love, and there's several things you did that I didn't like. Mm-hmm. Uh, like losing? I hated that. I hated the losing part. Don't Playing lose. King Queens 2, did love that. Yeah, I love that part. Uh, <laughs> this is where I had an issue. This is the thing I loved, is that you were able to put him... I mean, your hand reading on this hand was really, really good. I mean, he had exactly what you thought he had. Oh, I can do that so often. So horrible that I can't win, though. Yeah. <laughs> I can tell you exactly what he has. Cannot win. The, uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, like, the hand reading, 100%. I mean, like, you I mean you read his hand, and, like, as far as that goes, 100%, that was, you were dead on. You knew you were not loot winning and that the queen needed to be turned into a bluff. All of that, I think, is really, really good and heads up. Problem being, I didn't like... Is once you check the turn, I feel like you're capped. Oh, no, definitely. So, because, I mean, if you have an ace, I mean, if you have a bigger ace, it seems very weird that like you're, now you're scared of a, a random queen. Yeah, like you have ace-king here. You're still just betting. Yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah, it's it seems, like, I feel like when you don't bet that turn, I feel like, I mean, it is such a gap in the story. And I'm not saying you should bet that turn. I think that's probably why it probably should be checked on the river. Is because on that, I mean, you stuff show. I mean, because here's the thing: is you either have showdown value against everything that he does, which on your part you hand read and knew that you didn't have showdown value. But on the other hot thing, on the other part, he's getting him off in an ace, and. He's either going to be a good player, which it doesn't sound like he was, and kind of see the gap in that story, or he's going to be a bad player, and bad players have a hard time folding aces. Yeah, especially a six offsuit. Such a premium. Yeah, I mean, it's a <laughs> premium. I mean, how he was even in a three-bet pot is insane. So, it's a... Uh, uh, there was, I mean, I thought, like I say, I thought the hand reading on that was really done really, really well. I just didn't like the texture of the bluff. Oh, I I remember the hand that I went out with. It was a PLO hand. I had um, 9, 10, Jack, Queen, double suited. Um, I went all in for like 100 and like $70 maybe. All in preflop? Mm-hmm. And it got called like four ways. And I got called by... Pocket deuces, nine deuce for like king, something like that. This is the most ridiculous preflop hands ever. It was That's so right. ridiculous. Paramount PLO at Paramount sounds about right. It was crazy. I lost. Was it was it raised like and then you just potted it over the top to get it all in preflop? I potted over the top. It got repotted, repotted all in. I think this is fine. I mean, this is gonna well, be a hand that's gonna beat their hands so often. I mean, it's just one of those. Well, no, no. Here's the crazy thing is they had way more money than me. Like, yeah. Well, no, no, I'm saying like this, I went all in and then they potted it over the top of me and then repotted it over the top of that. And then the other guy called. So my, the main pot was very small in this. I mean, yeah, it was a gigantic pot. And I think, it was a weird hand, like five eight one with a weird straight or something. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I actually, I love this play. I mean, I think this, I think this is a very, very positive EV play in the long run. I mean, it's PLO, so it's going to take two thousand hands for the long run to happen. But it's, yeah, I, I like this play. I would say two thousand sessions. <laughs> That's probably more like it. <laughs> um, but yeah, that was the last interesting one, and then I had, I mean. We'll end on this one just because we're going to make it short. The most boring session ever yesterday. I showed up. I'm glad it's at the end of the podcast. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Definitely don't want to start off the podcast <laughs> with that that kind of energy. But no, I showed up and I, I literally didn't get any hands, didn't play any hands, didn't hit any hands, and just slowly lost and went home. Sounds awesome. I mean, I was like... Well, then, this is a complete waste of time. I'm out. <laughs> yeah, my best hand was I had ace, jack of clubs. The flop came six, seven, eight, rainbow. Guy donks out for over pot. I fold. He shows five, nine offsuit. Riveting. <laughs> yep. It's so, nice. on that, I mean, unless you do you have anything else to cover, or is that going to wrap this up? Uh, so, we have like. Maybe five minutes if you got anything. If not, oh, yeah. I mean, I. Well, I tell you what. Let's let's focus back so we can keep it somewhat current, and I'll just go over like the session I did yesterday. Okay. And the day before. The uh, so it's a uh. Well, I don't know what I say about yesterday. That was a complete blind. <laughs> yes, yeah, so let's cover that. <laughs> yeah, it's a. Uh, it's better to cover the complete pun at the end of the podcast rather than at the beginning of next. <laughs> Yeah, let's do See, that. Because I heard about the pun at the beginning. <laughs> so we're going to go to the most current and go back. Uh, I go to spades and clear light. And I don't know why I keep going back there. I thought you were going to say you I am <laughs> tilted the minute I walk in the damn door. Like, uh, it's just, and don't get me wrong, like I have people I know who work there, so I want them to do well. It's just so shitty. <laughs> yeah. It is. I mean, the ceilings are, I mean, lower than a regular house. There are so many tables. They are packed. It is so loud. I don't know why I keep going back. Everyone's complaint to me is the restroom. I've never been, but that's the big complaint I always hear. This is how bad it is. They recently redid the bathroom to now it's, it went from the literal worst bathroom as far as layout I've ever been in in my life to now just way below average. I think it's like, that's after the remodel. I think I say still the worst. Just. Their old worse is now gone. So I mean, it's clean. I'm not saying you walk in there, there's crap everywhere, but it's just everything is so tight. Oh yeah, that's what I hear. I hear it's very small. Yeah, they remodeled and it's still pretty bad. Uh, but it's so I go in there and I just do not get hands forever in a day. Uh, don't think I, I get involved in. Yeah, I think it. Yeah, I didn't get involved in anything. Uh, end up with a PLO hand, aces double suited. I pot it pre-flop. Uh, two callers. Flop comes nine six three two hearts. I'm like, well, this is pretty unconnected. There's no flush. There's no straight. And I mean, it's not like we have like eight people playing in this hand. We only have three. I'm like, aces are, and I potted it. So there's probably some over pairs that you know are that missed as well. I I go ahead and pot it. Do you like this or do you not like this? I don't know about potting it. Do you ever think about a smaller bet? Like two-thirds pot or half pot? 
Maybe half pot. How is it heads up? No, it's uh there's me and two others. Mm. Yeah, I definitely don't like the pot. Just because if you didn't hit anything, it seems. I mean, I know this is. It seems like someone has to hit something, right? Well, no, I yeah. just saying for for pot. Well, I mean, my thing is, is like when I half pot it. I mean, I really don't know where I'm at still. Because I mean, there's just so much stuff that can call. Yeah, my thought is though, you're not gonna like whatever calls this pot bet. You. You are right. <laughs> if you've ever been right in your life, you're right. Well, okay. That's so, what I'm not going to like even more. <laughs> well, okay. So, like, let's say, yeah, what if someone raises? Well, you're about to find out. <laughs> okay, go so, ahead. So, uh, so make it 100. Goes around to one guy he falls. The next guy pots it for all in. For humor's sake, how much is all in? Well, he has me covered, and I'd... I mean, all yeah. I've done is lose. So, I mean, I mean, I have like it's like two hundred and twenty more. Okay, so you. Okay, so you made it a hundred preflop. Is that what you said? No, I made it thirty preflop. Made it a hundred on the flop. And then it's two thirty more. Yeah. All right, go ahead. Um. So I just take a football, <laughs> and light it up, and just pump my stack right across the table because I hate money. Uh. In no way could this ever be considered a call, but I threw my chip in and said call. Uh, my uh, here's what did my, he have? Did he have a set? Oh, I mean, he flopped gold because <laughs> I was thinking he seemed like a thinking player, and I was like, this is a guy who knows that I probably have aces here, and I was like, he could do this with a flush draw or something to get me off, try to get me off of this or something like that. I'm getting really good pot odds. I mean, even if he's doing this with a draw, he's very likely to win. I mean, could be a multi. I mean, could be a multi draw. Could have you know, a straight and flush draw, or a ton of different things. And everything, every made hand's got me drawing damn near dead. Uh, he flopped two pair with a flush draw. Dang. Yeah, it was. I mean, just <laughs> the biggest of punts, man. I don't. I mean, literally, I just can't. Like, so like afterwards, three. I was like, what in God's name was I even thinking for that moment? It's, uh, yeah. yeah, it was one of those. It was definitely, definitely should have been a fold. Because just when he goes over the top, I mean, the draws are not far behind. And every made hand's got me damn near drawing dead. I did have a backdoor nut flush draw. That did not come. <laughs> I was about to say, and? <laughs> yeah. Wouldn't uh, that be a crazy twist of the story? And I hit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it was a uh yeah not a not not my best moment as at the poker table i mean th- i try to be honest with myself when i'm running bad or i'm playing bad i mean this one 100 was just playing bad it was uh so i mean let's say if i can if i can get those two down it's like you know that i can at least improve my play like, this was not running bad. This was being card dead for two and a half hours and then kind of losing your mind after that. But, you know, the play itself was just a bad play. <laughs> and, uh, um, that happens. I mean, 
more than I would like it to. I say you never. It's never good when I'm confusing your puns. <laughs> yeah, no, no kidding. Tyler's like, I'm trying to get them all. We're gonna need a video podcast so we can put it on a whiteboard of where you're put because there's just so many. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I was thinking of a different pun you were talking about, but all right. <laughs> on that note, this concludes the textbook podcast. Talk to you next week. That was the Texas Poker Podcast. Go ahead and rack up. Add time and we'll see you next week.